oversight from the mainland. But I think, you know, from the company perspective, um, if you're if you're doing international trade, if you're moving goods across the border into China, realistically speaking, you probably have to still have some kind of entity in China. You're probably uh, in Hong Kong. You're probably doing some of your banking through Hong Kong mm-hmm. because right now there still isn't really a true recourse to that. Ben, always good to talk to you. Thanks very much. That's Ben Cavender, Principal at the China Market Research Group up in Shanghai. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Time for our final look at the markets for this morning in Australia. First of all, the SX200 is up about 0.6%. Uh, the Nikkei 225 in Japan is flat. The Cosby is up just a touch, about 0.1%. Not much movement in the Hang Seng at the open. Looks like it may rise about 20 points or so. Brent crude oil is trading at $49.07 a barrel. Gold is at $1,838 an ounce. Before I go, let me tell you about our special Radio 3 auction in aid of Operation Santa Claus. That's our annual charity, jointly run by RTHK and the South China Morning Post. During Money Talk on this Thursday, that's the 10th of December, we're launching an online auction where for 24 hours you can bid for some fabulous items which have been kindly donated by local businesses and companies. I'll be joined on the programme by special guest Jim Thompson, who's the founder and chairman of Crown Worldwide Group. All the proceeds we raise over the 24 hours will go towards helping our 19 very deserving op centre charities. And if you want to go and see the auction right now, although it's not open yet, you can take a look at some of the amazing items on offer. Just go to the Radio 3 homepage, rthk.hk forward slash Radio 3, see some of the things that are there. And then from 8.15 in the morning on Thursday, you can start bidding for exactly 24 hours. And on Friday in Money Talk, we'll close the auction and tell you how much we've raised. So go and take a look on our homepage, rthk.hk Radio 3, click the link to the online auction. Bank Chat's coming up with Hugh Chiverton and Mike Rouse. Let me give you an update on the weather forecast just before I go. Uh, It's going to be mainly fine and dry, cool in the morning, maximum temperature of about 23 degrees. I'm going to remain cool in the next couple of days. Temperature right now, 19 degrees, 64% relative humidity. It's 8.32. Here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. An infectious disease expert says clinical trials of coronavirus vaccines show them to be safe and effective, so Hong Kong should get them as soon as possible. Professor Benjamin Cowling's view contrasts with some who've questioned the speed at which the UK approved a mass rollout of a vaccine. Professor Cowling from the University of Hong Kong told RTHK the sooner vaccines were distributed here, the quicker things could return to normal, although he said Hong Kong probably couldn't get any until April. The approval process is very strict, even for emergency approvals. And for COVID vaccines, it's clear that the benefits far outweigh the risks. Of course, we need more data, especially long-term data on these vaccines. But what we've seen so far, the vaccines are extremely effective and extremely safe. So really, we do need them as soon as possible. Police say phone scammers have started accusing victims of violating the national security law. Officers have dealt with almost 900 telephone deception cases this year, cheating victims of a total of over $420 million. The most common tactic was for the con artists to pretend to be mainland officials who tell their victims they're involved in crimes across the border and they need to provide their bank details for investigation. Chief Inspector Bonning An says scammers also asked victims to open online bank accounts and install a malicious app on their smartphone. 
The scammer instructs the victim to download malicious uh, mobile apps and to input their online banking details and password into the apps. And one of the main functions of those malicious apps, they could divert the bank notification SMS from the victim to the scammer. So by controlling the victim's e-banking, the scammer can transfer all the money out um, from the victim e-banking account without the notice of the victim. The deputy commander of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard says a satellite-controlled machine gun with artificial intelligence was responsible for the assassination of the country's top nuclear scientists late last month. Here's the BBC's Claire Runacres. Mahsen Fakhrizadeh and his wife were being driven in a convoy on a motorway east of Tehran with security guards when he was shot dead. The deputy commander of the Revolutionary Guards told local journalists that he was killed by a machine gun mounted on a pickup truck, which was operated using what he described as artificial intelligence. He said the weapon was fitted with an advanced camera, which was able to zoom in on the face of Mr. Fakhrizadeh so that his wife, who was just 10 inches away, wasn't hit. Iranian authorities have blamed Israel for the assassination and have insisted that its nuclear activities are entirely peaceful. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chivers and your co-host today is Mike Rouse. Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. Today we're talking about more COVID-19 developments. The city reported 95 cases yesterday, including 87 local cases. 36 of which were described as untraceable. Health officials have moved around 100 people who were being quarantined at Asia World Expo into different halls after a worker at that temporary treatment facility was confirmed as having COVID-19. Two other staff members tested preliminary positive. And the MTR says anyone who wants a test can get a free specimen collection pack at 10 stations starting from today. And a government advisor on the pandemic has said if we're lucky, by the third quarter of next year, we will start seeing the first batches of vaccines arrive. Well, how do you think Hong Kong's doing in the fight against the pandemic? Is the fourth wave breaking or gathering strength? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk. Or you can call us, and our number is 233 88266. 233 88266. We're going to be talking to two doctors uh, in a moment. Uh, once again, if you do have a question, you, if you want to put it to them, please give, give us a call, 233 And you can talk uh, directly to uh, two uh, distinguished uh, doctors uh, on the topic. And we're going to be talking to uh, more distinguished doctors as well after the, after the news at nine. Let's just start off with some a few emails uh, relating to things we were talking about uh, last week. We were talking about China and Australia and the, the uh, relationship uh, there. James in an email says a Hong Kong tariff war on Australia. Will Hong Kong be obliged to join China's tariff war against Australian products? The obvious one uh, is wine. And uh, Bob says, I was unfortunate only to be able to catch some of the programme on Friday. Uh, I was staggered that there was not a single mention of the word Huawei. It would be my opinion that this was absolutely a key point in the whole Australian-China relationship. Australia's decision to ban Huawei on security grounds not only smelt highly of playing lapdog to the US, but was used by China hawks in the UK, New Zealand and Canada to justify their own decisions to ban Huawei, hugely damaging the reputation and business of one of China's top-tier companies. And the public swing, again, to China, as highlighted in the programme, can be very much attributed to the amount of hysteria around supposed government, uh, Chinese government spying in the Huawei 5G systems. Uh, 
it would be very interesting to me when travel reopens whether the Australian tourism and tertiary education systems get back the overwhelmingly large numbers of mainland Chinese tourists and students on which they've come to rely. Without that, you'll see the collapse of a large number of related industries in Australia. Talk of finding other markets is simply nonsensical. The sheer size of the Chinese population and its middle class dwarfs any other market opportunities. However, bravely, some of the Australian businesses are trying to talk up such opportunities. Uh, the Australian public and politicians are going to pay a high price for being a puppet whose strings are pulled by one Donald Trump. Sad. That comes uh, from Bob. Uh, and Andrew Kay says uh, on Ted Hoy, how did he manage to enter the UK? Is he applying for asylum or does he have a British passport? I'm sure he will love the British winter. Hopefully he will no longer be admitted to Hong Kong except to go to jail. Hopefully also his, his LegCo salary has been withheld. Time to pay the price for being misguided. Uh, and uh, a few emails on the topic of uh, COVID, which we'll get to and work into the programme. Just one more comment. This is from Mary, relating to Ted Hoy, who says, For sure, the trolls will be out in force this morning, so in order to catch a balanced perspective, I'll throw my hat into the ring. I've had contact with Ted Hoy over many years with regard to various community issues in constituency. I always found him to be helpful, resourceful, honest and willing to devote his time to the issue at hand. His departure is a great loss to the Legislature and District Council. I would certainly have given him my vote if he had run in my district. The manner in which he and his family have been hounded is shocking. He may have engaged in a few pranks that were of debatable taste and value, but could never be accused of violent actions that resulted in physical harm. A stained carpet is hardly a major crime. The high-handed manner in which his family bank accounts were blocked is truly disturbing and will certainly have repercussions as the main topic of conversation this weekend was how to move assets overseas. The spurious abuse of the crime of money laundering with regard to funds willingly donated by members of the public for purposes of defending victims of malfeasance is an attempt to pervert the course of justice. Good luck Ted in the UK and those who chose to stay there look forward to your homecoming uh, stay put here, look forward to your homecoming in better times. That's from Mary. Thank you very much indeed for that backchat at rthk.hk uh, email address. We're joined now by Dr Arasina Ma, President of the Hong Kong Public Doctors Association, and Dr Henry Young who is President of the Hong Kong Doctors Union. Uh, Dr Ma, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, it seems like we're not getting a grip this time round. The, the numbers are staying very high, around, around 100 a, a day. What's, why is that? What's going wrong with the... We've kind of used these measures in the past and we seem to have seen some effect. It doesn't seem um, to be working this time. Why not? Um, first of all, um, definitely we are still on the climbing curve uh, of the folkway. Uh, one of the reasons why the folkway seems so powerful and the, we are still climbing up, uh, not yet reached the plateau, I think it's because the first, very first beginning, the start of the folkway is a big dancing group. And that group actually is more than a uh, hundred of index cases at the very beginning. So, um, and also those uh, hundred or more index cases, they are very active. They are high economic value. They are very social. They are uh, socially very active. And also, as what Professor Yun said, that they are celebrities or um, rich people in the society. Um, they try to keep their uh, 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 their social activities in a uh, more private manner. They may not expose all their uh, trouble history with the uh, health uh, authorities. So that may be one of the reasons why, um, uh, since like, the cases keep spreading out and out. 
Another reason may be because of the winter time, um, the virus seems to uh, have a better life or uh, spreading activity uh, during this winter season. Especially we got a couple of, um, last week we start to have a cold weather, so it may also uh, tell us the reason why um, the disease seems to keep spreading quite well. And thirdly, uh, we see there are many, many um, uh, cases in different parts of the society, like the construction site group, uh, the working place group. Uh, it's luckily that we stopped the school, so there is no spread in the school yet. So hope um, uh, the, 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 the disease, um, the climbing curve, hope it will be um, held down um, in a week or two weeks' time. But um, we should keep it, uh, very vigilant. Uh, there may be no extra hope. All right. Dr. Ma, good morning. There's... Obviously a time lag in these things between the imposition of new controls and effectiveness. But I think, if I'm hearing you correctly, part of the problem here is that so many of the dancers were, were hidden. They were asymptomatic. They were spreading mm. it, probably not knowing it themselves. Yes. So there's a kind of going to be a, a second wave of the fourth wave as those cases come to light. Is there, any, um, is, is there anything else we should be doing, in your view? Um, actually, for the data group, um, we already seen uh, the uh, second generation, even the third generation of cases coming up. Their family or their friends or those they contact have already got a confirmed case. Uh, previously, one, one week or two weeks ago, the government has already implemented a mandatory test for all those in the data group. But the problem is, whether we can find out all in the group, um, it seems that um, it may not. And also one of the problems is that um, for the dancing group, some of the dancing plays, they are in the morning time, and in the morning time, there are normal big Chinese restaurants for the local um, elderly to enjoy their um, lunch and breakfast. And then at night time, they converge to a banquet dancing place. So uh, I'm not sure whether they have a postal cleaning after their lifetime banquet before the, they, they serve the elderly in the morning. So actually may, there may be uh, some other cases which are connected uh, with the dancing group, but they don't realize that. Okay, here's an interesting email. This is from Peter D, and, and maybe both the doctors this morning could, could, could answer some of these points. Peter says, uh, I'd like to encourage the press, RTHK included, to rethink how they are reporting the daily case numbers. It's all too easy to, to sensationalise the numbers, especially when they go over 100, but this also leads to panic, which then leads to poor decision-making. During the third wave, I decided to chart the daily case breakdowns. I'm particularly interested in the daily unknown source, as this is a proxy for how out of control things are within the community. The imported cases from outside, and in any case highly controlled, and the linked cases are a function of the effectiveness of the track and trace testing. The better this is, the more cases will be found and controlled. Thus, recent headline numbers of over 100 are really just numbers that are too easy to sensationalise. The real number to watch is the seven-day moving average from unknown sources, which as of December the 4th was 23.4. By way of comparison, during the third wave, the unknown count averaged close to 40 from mid-July to mid-August. At times it was over 60. Uh, with the imported case numbers remaining steady at 5 to 10 every day, the real news is the scale of new cases being captured by the track and 
trace efforts and increased testing. This is actually newsworthy and something to be celebrated and explains, for instance, why government is having to requisition more hotel space to cope with the close contacts from that from uh, Peter D. So, Dr. Ma, you know, he's saying that, uh, that actually the important thing is that we are catching more of them. We've got more uh, ones that we can say are related numbers and fewer that we, we don't know the source of. So, in a way, we're doing well. Do you agree with that? Um, actually, I agree with one point. Uh, of course, looking at those uh, three-digit numbers are uh, really um, uh, panicking every one of us. But uh, look at it uh, in a more scientific way. Uh, if the disease is totally out of control in our society, uh, what um, now almost like two weeks after the outbreak, uh, we should see cases uh, not only three digits. Maybe we should see an exponential growth like uh, what happened in the European countries. So, although we still keep seeing three digit cases, but I think um, actually our, uh, our, our, our measures have worked partially. Of course, um, maybe because of the winter time, things just didn't, um, doesn't die down quickly. So, and also I agree that um, sometimes um, we need to uh, look at the number uh, in a more as, uh, uh, a sensible way. Let's see whether um, any cases are coming out from those uh, mass testing or any, some cases are coming out with symptoms, uh, uh, visit the emergency room, and whether the cases are coming out without uh, identifiable source. Okay. Dr. Young, good morning to you, President of the Hong Kong Doctors' Union. Do do you agree that it's good news that we can trace a higher proportion of the numbers? I think the governor has been doing a good job of chase strategy to contain the number within three digits. According to Doloma just said, that that figure may escalate in this fourth way, as we have predicted. This one way will come because of the winter time and uh, a, a, a little bit of less in the community in the in, in the way that they uh, they, they are now uh, not so uh, avoiding the social distancing. The principle of social distancing is very important in this uh, fight against uh, COVID-19. If you can keep the principle uh, well, then that, that will, there will be no escalating cases. If we, if we uh, stay at home or uh, go to uh, uh, somewhere else that you, you don't mix with other people, mm. then the, the, the COVID-19 will 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 them down in, in 14 days. Don't and this is very basic principle with, 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 with that we should keep on, you know. Yes. And um, and we, we, we saw this uh, four weeks coming very, very drastic in a way that, you know, first, second and third wave, we, we, we didn't see so many uh, healthcare workers affected. For this way, I have seen my friends, some friends in the uh, public uh, healthcare system, they are also uh, infected with this COVID-19. I think uh, we have to be careful. Mm. Uh, we have to be very well prepared this time to, to prepare for the real war this time. I think this is a real war. Dr. Young, we, we've had two uh, festivals which are not that big in Hong Kong, by which I mean Halloween and, and Thanksgiving. But we are coming up to Christmas, which is a huge uh, getting together uh, event for Hong Kong families. Is there potential? Yeah, that, would be, that to me is a very dangerous occasion. I would like to first say the silent Christmas this time. Yeah, we could be. We could even hit four digits if if families yeah. all get together. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. 
<laughs> you want four pictures, then you have a happy Merry Christmas with all the songs and everything. But we want the figure going down. We should keep a silent Christmas this time. What about the the vaccines? We'll talk about this further, but uh, David in an email says, as this wasn't properly addressed in your programme last week, could you ask your guests again about the difference between the various vaccines which will be available soon? Uh, more scientific reports and statements have been published pointing out that the mRNA COVID-19 vaccines from Pfizer, Biotech and Moderna basically only treat the symptoms of the disease but don't prevent infection and the shedding and spreading of virus, which means vaccinated people won't get sick but rather become asymptomatic. They can still be infections and spread the virus infecting others. As not everyone can get vaccinated at the same time, this will continue to have implications on everyone's daily lives if vaccinated with vaccines from Pfizer, Biotech and Moderna because people will still need to maintain social distancing, wearing masks in order to reduce the risk infecting others. In comparison, the Chinese vaccines from Sinopharm and Sinovac are based on an old-school proven method in using inactivated viruses, which has a very high proven safety record, most likely will not only threaten the symptoms, uh, treat the symptoms, but also be more effective stopping the infection altogether. But the rest seems to ignore these altogether, although China just announced it's on track to have 600 million, vo- million doses ready by the end of the year. First of all, what, what, what about that point? De- uh, Dr. Young, do you know uh, if the uh, Chinese approach is, uh, is better proven and uh, will uh, kill the virus, uh, essentially, rather than just stopping it... Uh, 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 yeah, and will therefore, uh, the, the, as opposed to the others, which don't prevent infection. Uh, any thoughts on that, Dr. Uh, yeah, uh, we are waiting for scientific proven effective vaccine with no side effects. And we are waiting for the scientists to tell us on that. There are a lot of vaccines in the market, and uh, the first one to come out is the Pfizer. And, and I, 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 I think we can see what their reactions in the UK before we can embark on, on this vaccine. Do- Dr. Uh, Young, the, the, the Russians are already uh, vaccinating lots of people with Sputnik V, and, uh, yeah. and the British, as they start, uh, I think it's tomorrow with the Pfizer one. Yeah, tomorrow, yeah, right. But yeah. Um, China's gone... I, I did read over the weekend that we're expecting an announcement from the mainland sometime before the end of the month. Have you heard anything at all about the progress of the Chinese vaccines? I'm waiting for the experts to advise us on the scientific data of these kind of vaccines but, before we can compete on this. But they're already being used in, in Brazil and some other, some other places to, as part of the third stage of checking the safety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really don't know. I'm not an expert on vaccines. Uh, evaluation. I think uh, we better need for the experts to tell us the truth of okay. this vaccine. Do- Dr. Ma, first of all, uh, do, do you know anything about that? That the those vaccines being developed by Pfizer, Moderna, basically only treat the symptoms, but don't of the disease, but don't prevent infection and the spreading um, of the virus. Is that true? Um, I think I I, I can't uh, agree with that point of view. I think I, I understand that the world may have some uh, curious about the new vaccine technology. What the Pfizer and Moderna use is the mRNA vaccine uh, technology. Uh, but um, I think first, first of all, no matter the inactivated virus or the mRNA, 
if one it can um, elicit the um, uh, uh, the the immunology response inside your, uh, the in, inside the patient being injected, you can have the uh, uh, they get the same effect um, of um, the, make the people get, uh, develop the immune system, uh, develop the immune body to against uh, the infection when they are being attacked by the virus. Of course, um, we, we 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 make question whether the mRNA is uh, is as effective as the inactivated virus in order to um, uh, to 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 make your body make the appropriate immune response. But according to the scientists and also according to the Pfizer uh, um, uh, study, it seems quite well. Of course. Um, well, uh, I, I agree with that. Even you, you got the vaccine and so on. Um, so for those kind of viral vaccine, especially the adenoviral vaccine and so on, coronavirus vaccine, you can't uh, expect that there is 100% efficacy because uh, for viral vaccine, usually the response, our um, the, the number of people get uh, enough immune response is about 60 to 70%. However, if um, quite a large number of um, uh, individuals get uh, vaccinated, especially those uh, are in uh, uh, at-risk group, uh, actually it will help a lot about the whole uh, our whole society, especially the uh, pandemic control. Um, the reason why um, the pharmaceutical company try to develop the new technology because the mRNA vaccine, we can produce large amounts in a short period of time. It's just making the protein. However, for the inactivated virus, it takes you a much more effort in order to produce a very large number of vaccines in a very short period of time. Okay, and number 233-88266. We've got a caller, Jody on the line. Good morning. Yes, uh, good morning. Um, I'm, I'm in the hospital, a government hospital. I have been in the hospital now for some time. And in that time, uh, the COVID-19 viruses have become quite uh, pandemic. And my concern is that I noticed that uh, patients are allowed to go out and cross the road to the 7-Eleven and various places to buy food and come back in. And they're not tested, they're not checked. Also, they're allowed to go home overnight or even two nights and come back in. And again, they're not being tested. How do we know that they are not carrying the virus? And why is this allowed to go on when things are getting so totally out of hand with the virus now? Dr. Ma, can you... Um, I'm sorry, I can't hear. It's, it's, uh, her question is about whether some of our patients, uh, they are allowed to visit, um, uh, live the hospital in the middle of the day and the, the risk of catching the virus. Yeah, and even stay out overnight. Okay, I agree with that. Uh, actually, every minute, um, first of all, in public hospital, which everyone who get in the hospital, who newly admitted the hospital uh, when they first get in the hospital, uh, of course, so we make sure that all those non-infected ones are kept in the same, uh, same place and the infected ones keep in other places. But uh, yes, every time when our patients uh, contact someone in the community, there are chance they got infected. So personally, I, uh, I, I discourage my patients to have a, a home live or so on during this period of time. If their problem has been settled, I ask them maybe you should discharge first. And then if you require another admission, we catch you again. I agree that this is a more um, a secure approach. But at the moment, uh, the, the, the caller is right that if, if, if you have home leave, you come back to the hospital, there isn't another test. Um, um, 
think it depends on the hospital policy. I, I admit that um, now we have more uh, test agents and test kits. We are more liberal about providing tests. But um, we still got some policy and guideline. Uh, we test those um, with contact history. We test those newly admitted. We test those with fever or any symptom. Uh, but sometimes we will miss some cases. Uh, actually, this is the same what happened in the society. We can never test uh, all cases at the right time. So the measures, the infection control measures are always important. Um, Excuse me, can I say something? I I, I think what that lady has just said is totally inadequate and and, uh, putting at risk all of the very ill patients in the hospital. There should not be allowed anybody going out of the hospital and coming back at all in these days. And if if I personally got COVID-19 because of these very, very laxed rules the hospital have, and I'm sorry, do not apply any rules to, then I would have to take it upon myself as much as possible to sue the hospital authority, because I think that you are putting my life and everybody else's life at risk. Um, yes, I There's no, no arms. There's no arms. You should put into place right now. No patient should be allowed to leave the hospital under any circumstances unless it is to go home for good. Mm, I agree that... That is the rule. That is what you should be doing. And this business of, well, um, we like to do that. Sorry, it doesn't cut in this day and age. You are risking a lot of lives here. Many of these patients are gravely ill in this ward. And if they got COVID-19, they would not leave. And if they leave, they would leave in a box. And that would be because your total irresponsibility about the laws that you have and the rules that you have with the hospitals. Okay, thank you very much. I think you made your point very well, yeah. Uh, I just say Dr. Morris is from the Public Doctors Association, just doesn't determine policy for the for, for the hospitals or, or for the hospital authority as a whole, but uh, a very interesting point. Well made. Thank you very much indeed for that. We're going to continue the discussion. Uh, thanks for the, in the meantime, uh, to Dr. Henry Yang from the Doctors' Union and uh, Dr. Arasina Ma from the Hong Kong Public Doctors uh, Association. Uh, after the news at nine, uh, give us a call or email a comment. The weather, mainly fine and dry, temperatures up to about 23 degrees uh, today. The outlook cool in the morning in the next couple of days. Temperatures rising later, 19 degrees now. Humidity is at 67%. Above 60,000. Italy, which experienced the first major outbreak in Europe in the spring, has been having a major resurgence since October. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back, Back Chat Monday, first one of the week with Mike Rouse and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking more about uh, COVID developments. I want to talk maybe uh, a little bit about vaccines now. We've got a few uh, emails on that topic uh, as well as uh, other as others to do with uh, social distancing measures uh, in Hong Kong. Or well, we want to hear from you. Call us, 233-88266. Very interesting call. Uh, just before the news from a uh, patient in hospital uh, at present on uh, the problem of uh, patients, other patients uh, leaving the hospital and coming back without being uh, retested. Uh, if you've got a thoughts or anything to contribute, then uh, please call us, 233-88266. You can go to our Facebook page. We'll get to those comments as well in a moment. That's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Or 
or you can email backchat at rthk.hk. Operation Santa Claus uh, is uh, underway uh, this year, the charity campaign we co-organise with the South China Morning Post every year. And uh, this year on the 10th, that's uh, Thursday uh, this week, uh, Radio 3 is running an auction uh, all day, an online uh, auction with all kinds of uh, interesting uh, items uh, up to be bid on. Uh, You can go to the RTHK Radio 3 homepage and follow the link to the uh, auction site at the moment and see what will be uh, up for uh, auction, as I say, uh, on Thursday. And uh, Backchat will be uh, joining that. We'll be uh, hoping to raise money, hoping to encourage people to uh, place bids. Uh, And uh, one of the ways we're going to be doing that is by getting Father Christmas into answer your questions, your chance to grill Santa Claus uh, himself. That's between 9 and uh, 9.30, especially for children, uh, of course. That's between 9 and 9.30 uh, this Thursday, if you want to phone up and talk to back chat to Father Christmas. Yes, Mike, you're, you're... I'm just wondering how many L's have got COVID-19. I think it's one of the questions we ought to ask him. OK, we'll, 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 we'll push him on that. Um, uh, back on the uh, vaccines for the moment, we're joined now by Dr Panpei Cho, who's the former vice chairman of the Hong Kong Federation of Trade Unions, and Siddharth Sridhar, a clinical assistant professor in the Department of Microbiology at the University of Hong Kong. Uh, Professor uh, Sridhar, maybe we could start with you. Uh, First of all, uh, a question from uh, a listener who wanted to know about the difference between the the different kinds of uh, vaccines, Uh, in particular the ones developed, the uh, mRNA uh, vaccines from uh, Pfizer and Moderna, uh, which which according to uh, the listener uh, basically only treat the symptoms of the disease but don't prevent infection and the shedding and spreading of virus as opposed to the Chinese vaccines which are based on an old school proven method using inactivated virus which has a very high proven safety record. Um, Can you comment on the difference between those approaches and would we be better off waiting for the uh, safer Chinese one? Right. So the Chinese vaccine is actually, uh, as was mentioned, based on a very traditional approach of just growing the virus, killing the virus, and injecting it into our body. So it kind of mimics a a natural infection. The newer vaccines, the mRNA vaccines and the vector vaccines, are um, actually using a small part of the coronavirus uh, genes uh, and putting it into our body, getting it to copy itself or express its protein to a certain extent, thereby raising an immunological response. Now, all the trials that are being conducted on COVID-19, for the most part, are looking at whether they can prevent people getting sick from COVID-19. So that's the study, the the trial question that's being asked. Um, What we don't know is whether any of these vaccines are actually able to prevent infection from COVID-19 completely. Right? So people can still catch COVID-19 and they can still be uh, completely asymptomatic and transmitted to other people. We do know that the vaccines prevent people becoming actually sick or very sick from COVID-19, but what we are, are not exactly sure about is whether they can completely prevent infection in the first place. So this is an unanswered question uh, at the moment. So best case scenario is that not only do they prevent you getting symptoms from COVID-19, they prevent you catching the infection in the first place. Uh, And the Chinese approach using the inactivated virus, would that prevent infection? No, we actually don't know. We actually don't know. So this, uh, in fact, for the Chinese vaccines, we are still waiting for the uh, clinical trial data on whether they can prevent symptomatic COVID-19. So we're still waiting for that data. 
uh, compared to Pfizer or Moderna, the mRNA vaccines, where we actually know that they do prevent symptomatic COVID-19. So we're still waiting for the final phase three clinical trial data from the Chinese vaccines. But in general, does that approach uh, using the inactivated viruses, does that tend to uh, prevent uh, infection? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. It, it depends on... Uh, it, again, what, it could just d- absolutely. lower the it symptoms. It could just prevent your reduce. symptomatic uh, uh, chance of becoming symptomatic, or it may not prevent infection, or it may prevent infection. So if you're not sure about um, whether the inactivated vaccine uh, approach will actually uh, work but, that way. But yeah. Professor Sinai, from what you said, the mRNA ones um, are only going to be a halfway house. Well, um, these are unanswered questions in a way. I mean, we do know that they reduce the uh, uh, chance of somebody catching symptoms or getting very sick from COVID-19. So that's great already. because right. it, It's a step forward. but It's it, a step yes. forward. But what we don't know is whether they actually completely prevent you from catching COVID-19. It, it, that, again, that's not an all or none, right? People get, You may still be able to catch COVID-19 with a vaccine, but maybe the viral loads that you're shedding are so low that you're not an infectious risk to the people around you. And that's a win as well. So it's, uh, it, it, yeah, it's something that remains to be answered. But I tend to be uh, optimistic that uh, even if they can't completely prevent infection and, you know, the people who receive the vaccine, they're still going to be able to reduce the amount of virus that's being shed by infected people to the extent that uh, they have a very favorable impact on uh, on community transmission. So I'd say it's definitely more than a halfway house. So it's a good good step forward okay here's another one uh, from cw in an email he says some very good news about vaccines coming on stream a couple of questions one if i were to get vaccinated in the uk shortly would i be allowed into hong kong without the need for quarantine second if someone from another country currently not allowed into hong kong were vaccinated would hong kong allow them in and without the need for quarantine three based on reports yesterday hong kong seems at the back of the queue for vaccine while macau is talking about vaccinating their citizens as soon as they can as are singapore did someone place the order those questions from uh, cw uh, I- I guess the short answer for the first two questions is we just don't know yet, do we, about if the people were vaccinated overseas, what the situation in Hong Kong would be? Yeah, so this is a question of policy. So at the moment, we don't have a policy whereby we exempt vaccinated individuals from quarantine because, as I said, there are just too many unanswered questions about the infectiousness of, you know, infected people who have received the vaccine before. So at the moment, yes, uh, they would still be required to undergo quarantine if, even if they received the vaccine in the UK. Um, for the uh, second uh, query about uh, where Hong Kong stands with regards to procuring the vaccine, we still need a lot of details from the government. But from what uh, Sophia Chan announced a few days ago, uh, basically we're taking two approaches. The first is via COVAX. So that's under the WHO, which guarantees equitable access to vaccination for um, all uh, uh, territories in the world, uh, I think up to a limit of 25% of their population. And the second approach is to uh, draft uh, advanced purchase agreements with uh, individual companies, although which companies exactly have been approached or are being approached, I, I actually don't know. Okay. Also with us today is Dr. Panpei Chu, former vice chairman of the FTU. Good morning, doctor. Good morning. Have you, are you hearing anything uh, through the grapevine on the progress of the Chinese vaccines? 
not exactly. I, I think that uh, they are, as uh, the professor has uh, mentioned, that uh, they are still uh, doing the phase three trial and uh, waiting for the results. Uh, they, I think there are some people using uh, such vaccines on sort of uh, uh, on the sort of uh, 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 as needed the basis. So right? uh, these people, uh, uh, they, they uh, some of the companies because uh, in China there are a lot of people working uh, outside China and uh, uh, they need to be protected from from the from the infection. So. Uh, I gather that some uh, Chinese corporates are uh, uh, having their staff, uh, uh, especially, uh, especially staff, uh, to, to undergo uh, vaccination. And uh, so far, the result seems promising, but we don't have exact figures. Right. There's also reports of widespread use of the Chinese vaccines in Brazil as part of the testing process and one or two other countries as well. Yes. So uh, that seems a bit strange. Why would you use another country to test your vaccine? Because in China, uh, the, the, the cases are so small, so there's not much point in, uh, in uh, uh, using the vaccination at this stage. Right. So Because you, you can't see the result. So mm-hmm. I think that uh, in countries like Brazil, they, they have a rather large outbreak with a lot of uh, confirmed cases every day. So... Uh, if it uh, helps their, their country, then this may be a, a, a good right. arrangement. Right. China's down to, what, about a dozen cases a day? Yes, that's right. Uh, quite a few imported cases, and uh, I think only a, less than a handful, uh, uh, say, locally uh, acquired cases. If, so, the, if, the, if the Chinese vaccine turns out to be uh, efficacious and without... Uh, lots of terrible side effects. Do you think that will there be political pressure on Hong Kong to grab those supplies because we can get them quite quickly? Um, I don't know whether that is political or not because I think uh, Chinese, uh, Hong Kong people are very practical, right? And if something works and something is safe and effective, then, uh, then people would like to use it. Uh, I, I don't see any political drive for that, because after all, uh, China is making these vaccines and uh, uh, the Chinese population is huge, right? So they, they don't really need to sort of sell it uh, elsewhere. Right. Uh, but, but I see that if it really works and then it has got a good reputation, then of course local people will, will like, to, like to use it. Yeah. yeah what's going on? Because we, we've hear people, uh, uh, government experts, uh, talking about the saying that the uh, the vaccine uh, would <clears throat> said uh, if we are lucky by the third quarter of next year we will start seeing the first batches of vaccines uh, arrive. That would put it like nine months behind the UK, for mm-hmm. example. Why why would that be so? I think for the UK uh, they are exceptionally quick in the, uh, sort of. Uh, uh, granting permission, right, to the say uh, to the to the to the Pfizer uh, vaccine, right. This is uh, ahead of any other countries in the world, and uh, I think if you say look at uh, health experts, uh, uh, what they say uh, from the rest of the world, most of them will, will be more conservative in putting the timeline at about say middle uh, or late uh, 
next year. So, so that that I think is the usual time frame because you have to expect uh, some time, right, for manufacturing of the vaccines and then the distribution. Uh, and then the, there are a lot of other countries uh, which are also uh, 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 waiting very sort of uh, nervously, right, for the availability of the vaccine. So, uh, I mean, Hong Kong is just one. Uh, part of the world that uh, needs the, the vaccine. So, uh, so I think we, we just have to. I, 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 to say, I haven't done. A, I have, honestly, I haven't done a comparison. But my impression is that talking about the third quarter of next year puts yes. us right at the back of the of the expectations. People were talking about spring or or summer. Uh, I haven't heard of anyone who's saying that this is, you know, we wouldn't get vaccinated until 20, 2022. I don't know, Dr. Srida, any, any thoughts on that? What, are, are we coming very late to the game? What's your impression? Yeah, uh, I, sorry, I, I do hope we can get uh, at least uh, the first uh, batch of vaccines in Hong Kong by the middle of 2021. Um, this match of vaccines would be directed to certain priority groups, so it's not for the general public. This is for the elderly. Uh, this is for old-age home uh, staff, for example, healthcare workers. Mm. So these are priority groups who would receive the vaccines first. If you're talking about a general rollout for the public, we, we are uh, realistically um, talking about late 2021 or early 2022. Right. Well, this uh, one difference between these seems to be the different kinds of vaccines the the two that got all the publicity at the moment one requires storage at minus 70 degrees centigrade the other is sort of minus 20 degrees centigrade if we go down the uh inactivated virus route is it are those storage conditions less difficult yeah <clears throat> sorry the inactivated vaccines are much uh, easier to store um, but having said that, the mRNA vaccine storage is actually not an insurmountable challenge. Uh, for example, Moderna has demonstrated that, yeah, it's good if you store it at lower temperatures, but it's reasonably stable at uh, for a finite duration of time, even at uh, very reasonable uh, refrigerator storage. And I believe the uh, Fosun Pharma, the company that is uh, actually looking to launch the Pfizer vaccine in Hong Kong, has actually earmarked some uh, land close to Expo for deep freezer facilities for the Pfizer mRNA vaccines, which require even lower temperatures of uh, minus 70 degrees. So Hong Kong being uh, you know, a city has uh, considerable advantages in this regard in that uh, these mm -hmm. logistical issues are not insurmountable. Okay, some, some more uh, emails and comments on Facebook. Jean says, I'm still a little puzzled about how shortening opening times helps with social distancing. For example, if I wanted to have dinner in an eatery at 7pm, I would have to queue outside without much social distancing measures taken to wait for a table, especially now that only two are allowed in. Sit at a table that has been hurriedly cleaned because of high turnover and perhaps have to share tables with a stranger, which still complies with the two-person rule. However, if I wanted to have dinner at 10pm, Provided the eatery wants to stay open, it's likely that it would be much emptier. The tables would be cleaned more thoroughly, or at least less hurriedly, and it's unlikely that I would need to share a table. There are still many essential workers that end a shift late, for example, bus drivers, nurses and emergency staff. Would it not be better to allow eateries to open late so there is an option of social distancing dinner instead of fighting the crowd at the usual dinner time? That comes from uh, Jean. Uh, Bowen says, did back chat one telltale sign of the COVID 
COVID-19 saga in Hong Kong is that even the lowly cleaning ladies in McDonald's could become pretty aggressive when invested with power. <clears throat> the writer witnessed the following incident in a McDonald's outlet over the weekend. There was a bench with three seats, and according to the current social distancing rules, they couldn't all be occupied, as a maximum of two people could sit together in a restaurant. There was a big X marked on the table in front of the seat on the left. But that seat and the seat on the right were both occupied, the occupants clearly not knowing each other. One would have thought the arrangement was obviously correct and logical. There was no reason for the person occupying the seat on the left to move to the middle seat as that person obviously didn't want to sit next to someone he or she didn't know for fear of being infected. Nevertheless, the cleaning lady entrusted with enforcing social distancing rules would have none of that logic and harangued the person, maintaining that it was against the rules to occupy a seat assigned an X and the person in question could in future be fined $5,000. Naturally, disagreement ensued and the customer left the fast food outlet in a rage. That is uh, from Bowen. Thank you very much for that uh, sketch. Um, on Facebook, Horatio uh, attaches a story which I think concerns... Uh Henry Tang's uh, wife, uh, just going by the photograph. Um, Horatio says, if the wife of an ex-top civil servant can go into hiding for 13 days and elude herself from the authorities, including the police, then can someone please explain to the public what is CAP 599 good for? She ended up in a quarantine centre for one day only when it should have been 14. Then on Sunday, Dr. Yun Kok Yung on radio specifically mentioned that many well-known individuals in the higher echelon of the society have been uncooperative in releasing their contact details, making tracing virtually impossible. So what right has the government in asking us to use the Stay Home Safe app? Do these people not understand they have an obligation under the law? And Nig says Hong Kong can do a lot better if it weren't for these loopholes. Frankly, people would be happier and one wouldn't hear the general public constantly asking if they're allowed to have a Christmas gathering. Is Christmas officially cancelled, by the way? That is uh, from Nig. Uh, Pampe Cho, a lot of people were, were, of course, were very concerned about the about what happened with, with the with the dance halls and that there were sort of members of high society uh, involved. Some people think they, they got away with it and, and of course the dance halls haven't been, haven't been closed s subsequently. Were you concerned about that outbreak which was, had a very big impact, didn't it, on, on uh, the fourth wave? Yes, I'm, I'm actually uh, concerned about the outbreak and, uh, and uh, say the experts are saying, telling us that uh, in the next few weeks there will be even more cases as a lot of uh, Students uh, returning from uh, Britain and uh, from the United States and Canada uh, to, to return to Hong Kong. Uh, I think a lot of other people are also very concerned uh, about this. That's why you see that uh, in the news that uh, uh, quarantine hotels in the Shenzhen are, are, are chocolate block and uh, they, uh, people take more than half a day in order to get across the border and to be quarantined. I think that they, they, they see the they see the danger and uh, they, they don't want to be exposed to, to, to this environment over the, the holiday season. So I think the government uh, has really to think hard about what they want to do, right? Uh, I think this uh, Swiss cheese uh, approach is uh, with very big holes in between slices of cheese. Uh, mm. uh, it won't work. It, it just don't work. And, uh, and uh, if you needs to, to implement some uh, rules uh, like quarantine and things like that, please do it properly. Ensure that people who are quarantined are actually quarantined. Yes. Right? Ensure people who need to have a COVID test and they are actually tested. 
there's no point giving someone a plastic bottle and they don't even know what to do with the bottle, where to place the bottle, how to collect the specimen, and things like that. Just leave them with, with, with a bottle, and then, and then the, the the quarantine hotel, and it's just just a, just a joke, right? With people staying there for one day and then uh, returning home the next day without anyone knowing and checking. What's this? What's this? All this nonsense. Hey, Doctor Pam, we seem to be bedeviled by these gaps, right from the beginning. Yes, yes. There, there are a lot of people were exempt at the border for a mm. long time. We we heard the number on this program of. Was it 600,000 or so? Several hundred yes. thousand. Yes. And n- no one came out to deny it or confirm it officially. And now we heard on the show earlier that patients in hospital can discharge, temporarily discharge themselves and go across the road shopping and exactly. then come, come back into the hospital. I mean, exactly. this is yes. common sense, surely. Yes. I think if you want to do it, do it properly. This is not the Hong Kong way. I, I don't know who, 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 what's behind all this. Uh, otherwise, we will never get through this, uh, uh, this, this, uh, this uh, uh, epidemic. Well, so some more comments on that. Jean says, uh, just listening to your program, uh, hearing about a caller talking about patients leaving the hospital. Even if a patient was tested negative, there is no guarantee that he or she will still be negative three days later. I'm just wondering if hospital staff and visitors are tested regularly also, or perhaps we should not allow them out either. Unfortunately, the hospital is not a closed system, so personal protection is still important. That comes from Jean. Well, you, you can't visit, can you, as I understand it? The visitors are not allowed at the moment in, in, in hospitals? That's correct. That uh, is correct. But, but uh, hospital staff, I, do they get regular tests? I, I, I have no idea. Do you, do you know? Can I, can I just say... Yeah? Can I just say this... Um, I work in a public hospital and also uh, do, work, doing some work at a private hospital. At the private hospital, we get tested every week by taking nasal swabs. In the public hospital, this has not been implemented. Right? I mean, there's no measure to do that. Yeah. I, I heard of a private hospital, well-known one, um, where the staff have been tested three times in a week after a couple of cases were detected in that hospital. So they seem to be taking yes. it very seriously indeed. Yes. Yes. But I, I don't get the same impression. I admire our staff in the public hospitals, but I don't mm. get the same impression that the management is r- as rigorous as enforcing this. Well, so, so, some more comments. Uh, Patrick says, uh, could it be that the government is in no rush to vaccinate the general population because once they do, anti-government protests are likely to start up again? That comes from uh, Patrick. Magnus says, I could not agree more with Peter D. That was an earlier email. He points out some various obvious shortcomings in the reporting of COVID. That's been the case throughout the entire year. Almost all of the generally reported stroke talked about facts are alarmist and largely irrelevant. For example, total cases, total deaths and so on. The female guest doctor, that was Dr. Ma, stated as a matter of fact that we are definitely still on the increase stroke explosion phase of this outbreak. This went unchallenged. Sorry, but this is simply not supported by the data. Please refer to the actual case numbers. There is no clear growth in cases, never mind an increase that would be of concern. Total daily new cases hit 80 on November the 24th, so almost two weeks ago. They have then settled at around 90 to 100. Clearly this implies that the rate of transmission has been substantially reduced. 
uh, brackets, a larger number of cases is bringing about only a similar number of new daily cases, hence the transmission rate is clearly lower. This is in fact good news. Please talk about it. One could argue about why the transmission rate has reduced. Some would use the reduction in transmission to justify the government-mandated restrictions, despite many of these being clearly unscientific, i.e. we are all idiots and need to be led by the hand. I would argue that the reduction is more likely largely due to voluntary self-interested measures taken by individuals as they see cases rising. I.e. this would have happened naturally as people amend their own behaviour as they see the level of risk rise. Please stop the one-way panic peddling. Balance and perspective must be maintained. This alarmism brings a terrible cost too. We have a population that takes COVID seriously, wears masks, etc. We do not need to be treated like children. Why do we not have a plan for vaccines? Um, can anyone be surprised? Our government has not had a plan for the entire year. The conscientious behaviour Hong Kong pub, the conscientious behaviour Hong Kong public saved Hong Kong from any serious outbreak. We are hopelessly misgoverned. Sadly, it is as simple as that. That is from Magnus. Uh, Paul says, reality check here, if you catch COVID-19, you have a 98% chance of survival, and those unfortunate enough to die from it are typically above the average age of death. Your caller earlier threatening to sue is a classic example of how our own bodies have been weaponized against each other. I'm listening to a dystopian society unfolding. That comes from uh, Paul. Jay says, England has it right. They let grandma and children sit with parents at the same table in restaurants, but not Hong Kong. They want to split parents and kids, so you have to lift heavy dishes between tables and restaurants, standing up and blowing your germs everywhere, kids running backwards and forwards between tables. This is not good for containing the spread as droplets go in hot food and it's very annoying for families and restaurants. Come on, government, use your head, put families on the same table. This makes it easier for parents and for restaurants. Uh, that is from uh, Jay. Uh, well, thank you very much indeed for, for all your comments and questions this morning. Uh, just a couple more. Uh, Matthew, sorry, we're not talking politics uh, today. Uh, Craig says, uh, talk of large... Uh, Gaps, is it the case uh, older ladies are still permitted to go to the dance lessons? Um, uh, Matthew says, I thought I heard Pan say Dr Pan was previously FTU chairman, but I can't see it on Wikipedia. Please find out uh, if he was. And Mushroom says, surely ultimately the Director of Health is responsible for all of this. That's why he gets a good salary. That's from uh, Mushroom. Thank you very much indeed for that. Thank you very much indeed to our guest, Dr. Pan Pei Cho, um, former uh, vice chairman of the Hong Kong Federation of uh, Trade Unions and Siddharth Sridhar, clinical assistant professor in the Department of Microbiology at the University of Hong Kong. Thank you both very much indeed. Mike, many thanks. We learn more about the you. subject every week, Hugh. We do, we and do. S some of it's quite alarming that there's still so many gaps in what, uh, how we're managing mm -hmm. it. Uh, the weather, mainly fine and dry. Temperatures up to about 23 degrees today cool in the morning and in the next couple of days temperatures will rise in the latter part of the week and also it's going to be cloudier 20 degrees now humidity at 64 percent i will help fight the virus i will protect hong kong the government has launched the leave home safe mobile app for everyone to download and keep visit records use the app to scan qr codes of venues taking part Press the leave button when you leave. Visit records will only be kept in your phone. If you went somewhere visited by a confirmed patient around the same time, the app will automatically alert you and give health advice. Use the app together. Feel at ease when going out.
It's Samantha Butler with the news. An infectious disease expert says clinical trials of coronavirus vaccines show them to be safe and effective, so Hong Kong should get them as soon as possible. Professor Benjamin Cowling from the University of Hong Kong told RTHK the sooner vaccines were distributed here, the quicker things could return to normal, although he said Hong Kong probably couldn't get any until April. A former student of the Chinese university is said to have been arrested over a graduation protest last month. A post on Arthur Young's social media account says police arrested him at his home at 7am. Last month, dozens of people in graduation gowns and Guy Fawkes masks marched to the university's mall, chanting anti-government slogans after the university shifted its graduation ceremony online. And police say phone scammers have started accusing victims of violating the national security law. Officers have dealt with almost 900 telephone deception cases this year with losses of over $420 million. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Influenza vaccination is safe and effective. Subsidy schemes have started. Children aged six months to less than six years and elderly people 65 or above can go to enrolled private clinics for flu vaccination. Elderly people with no previous pneumococcal vaccination are also subsidized for one dose to prevent severe invasive pneumococcal diseases. For details, please call the Department anyway, of Health on 2125-2125. Conservationist and advocate Gary Stokes from Oceans Asia. He's still picking up the same old trash from our sea, so has anything really improved in 2020? There are a couple of success stories, though, which I'm sure he's going to share with you. Now, after 10, I'm going to start chucking in a couple of Christmas songs each hour, as you do. But I've told my computer to totally and utterly choose them himself, so I can't take the blame for whatever comes out. Let's get the music going on with the Chainsmokers for a Monday. And this is called Closer. I was doing just fine before I met you. I drink too much and that's an issue, but I'm okay. Hey. You tell your friends it was nice to meet them, but I hope I never see them again. 